The Book of Wonders by Jasmine Richards Narrated by Ida Zeftel Chapter 8 Captured Z, stay back boy. Assam called out. I don't need you to fight my battles. This man is nothing but a jumped-up thief. Sinbad turned back to Assam and held the blade under the captain's nose. You're mistaking me for a man who will tolerate argument. He spoke softly. I will not. There are fifteen men on this boat, and I will call for more if need be. I want to know what you have on this ship and I want to know now. Captain Assam looked sullenly at Sinbad and pursed his lips together firmly. With a growl, Sinbad lowered the blade toward the captain's neck. The cargo hatch. Hakim yelled. All we carry is in the cargo hatch. Some bolts of silk and some sacks of grain. That's all we've got. Assam scowled at Hakim but still didn't say a word. I wouldn't look so annoyed if I were you. Sinbad told the captain while his men headed for the hatch. Your crewman just saved your life. The pirate nodded, and the two men holding the captain dragged him over to where Zadi stood with Raiden and the rest of the Triumph's crew. Zadi was pleased that the captain had escaped the taste of the pirate leader's steel, but her mind could not stay still. Sinbad was here, on the Triumph. That was why the figurehead of Nadim's boat had seemed so familiar. It was a falcon, the namesake of Sinbad's ship. She knew that every ship carried at least one spare lifeboat, Nadim's boat must be one of the falcons. She glanced over at Raiden. His face was strained, but no trace of hope or excitement shaded his expression. Sinbad clearly recognized Raiden but her friend didn't have a clue that the man they were searching for was standing right in front of them. The pirates were busily throwing the bolts of silk up on the deck and soon emptied the hold of all its contents, including Zadi's bow and arrows. It hardly seems worth it. She heard Raiden mutter under his breath. All this effort for some scraps of silk and a few sacks of grain. Sinbad stiffened. Your boat was the only one foolhardy enough to stop. He snapped, still refusing to look at Raiden directly. Those annoying marsh people kept on warning boats that we were waiting for them. Raiden's eyes widened. So that's what all the waving was about. He looked over at Assam guiltily. I'm sorry Captain, I didn't pay them any attention. His voice became small. On account of all the throwing up. Zadi shook her head in disbelief. Raiden had ignored the warnings and she'd persuaded Captain Assam to stop. Together, they'd caused his boat to be captured. Her eyes fell on the quiver full of arrows and her bow. Perhaps Sinbad must have seen where her gaze lingered because he picked up the archer's belt and unclipped the bow from the quiver. Examining it with interest. Impressive workmanship. He mused, turning to face her. Is this yours? My father gave it to me. Zadi managed to say through gritted teeth. It was a birthday present. Touching. Sinbad replied. But you must be far from home, young man, if you have a father who can afford a bow of this craftsmanship. He clipped the bow to the quiver and slung the belt over his shoulder. It is far too nice for you, young one. A red-hot surge of anger lanced through her. 
How dare Sinbad take things that didn't belong to him? How dare he enjoy it so much? He was just as bad as the Sultan. Her disappointment in the man she thought might be able to help her defeat Shaya turned her anger to rage. She couldn't see Sinbad's smug smile through his disguise. But she was determined to wipe it right off his face. Actually, I have something else that might interest you. She reached into her pocket and pulled out the wooden carving of the falcon that Sinbad had given her a mere four days ago. It felt like a lifetime had passed since then. Z, what are you doing? Raiden asked in a baffled voice. She ignored him and held the falcon out to the pirate leader. This was given to me by a sailor in Taraket four days ago. He told me he'd just come back from Kadrish, where he'd battled a ferocious beast. A deathly quiet descended on the boat. Sinbad's men became as still as scared rabbits as they stared at her. The apprehension in their eyes gave Zadi a thrill of power. Oh, what was the sailor's name again? She rubbed her chin. It seems to have escaped me. Sinbad! Raiden's voice was a croaky rasp. Zadi turned and saw sudden understanding dawning on her friend's face as he looked at the pirate leader. Sinbad took a step forward, and Zadi lifted her arm in defense, expecting a blow. Instead, he snatched the wooden carving out of her hand. I've heard of this Sinbad. The pirate leader said, fixing her with a piercing gaze. He is a great sailor, admired by many, and foolishly kind to children who turn up in the strangest of places. Why are you talking about this Sinbad? Assam growled. I want you off my boat. You've got what you wanted. Sinbad looked over at his men. He's right, we're finished here. Pick up all that you can carry and move out. He turned to Zadi and Raiden. You two will join me. Zadi's mouth went dry. The steel in Sinbad's voice told her he would not leave them on the triumph. Not when they could identify him to the authorities in Sabra. Show us the way. Captain, Raiden said. His voice sounded squeaky, whether from fear or excitement she could not tell. Sinbad turned on his heel and strode off the Triumph and onto the smaller boat. Raiden rushed after him, but Zadi felt as if her feet had taken root in the wooden deck. Assam's head snapped round in her direction. Surely you will not join this man and his band of crooks? She swallowed hard. Assam was asking her the question as if she really had a choice. Out of the corner of her eye she could see one of Sinbad's men waiting for her to move off the boat. His hand rested on his crescent dagger. One way or another she was going to be taken from the triumph, and if she didn't leave now someone could get hurt. I'm sorry, Captain. She whispered. Ripping her feet from the deck, she followed Raiden. Traitors. Assam shouted, his voice full of hurt. Traitor. The word clawed viciously at her insides as she crossed the small boat that had been the triumph's undoing. Assam had got it so wrong. Zadi joined Raiden, who was standing at the prow of the smaller boat, and they watched as the last of the pirates left Assam's vessel. In the marsh she could see Nadim and two other pirates guiding a raft loaded with the stolen bolts of silken sacks of grain over to the bank. 
Soon the water was alive with even more pirates as Sinbad and his men jumped into the river and struck out for the shore. She turned to Raiden. Stay close to me. She said quietly enough so that Sinbad's men couldn't hear her. We need to find a way to escape. There was a firm nudge at her shoulder. Swim. The pirate behind commanded. Zadi did as she was told and dove into the water, closely followed by Raiden. She was a strong swimmer, years of living by the Tigris had ensured that, but the marsh water was thick with sediment and reeds reached upward, grasping at her legs and arms. As she fought through the muck, dread curled around her and drew in tight. She remembered Nonna's warning about the impatient sesame seed that burst from its pod, almost as if it wanted to get eaten. Zadi cursed herself. Her fate and Raiden's were joined with Sinbad's, just because she wanted to needle the pirate leader. Who knew what lengths he would go to keep his identity a secret? And how was she going to save Zubida and Baba when she was a prisoner herself? Sopping wet, she climbed onto the bank and flicked the river weed from her hair. Straight away Nadim was at her side, guarding her. I suppose you think you're really clever. Nadim said through clenched teeth. Mocking Sinbad the way you did. Zadi snorted. No, not really clever, just smarter than you. She gave him her most withering look, ignoring the voice in her head that said she probably shouldn't be aggravating her captors. Captain Sam thought you were in need of help and you tricked him. How can you stand to look at yourself in the mirror? You don't know anything about me. Nadim snapped. I've seen all I need to. She narrowed her eyes. You're a liar and a coward. Nadim opened his mouth to say something but stopped as Zadi's original guard climbed out of the water and came to stand beside them. Nadim glared at her instead and strode off. Zadi looked across the marsh at the triumph. Only Assam, Hakim, and Rakin were on the boat now, and they were desperately bailing water. The Falcon's lifeboat was still lodged in the Triumph's hull, and Zadi hoped Assam had enough wits about him to keep it. Selling the lifeboat would go some way toward covering his losses. Assam must have felt her eyes on him, because at that moment he looked up and stared at her, his face deformed with rage and blame. She quickly looked down at her feet. Raiden pulled himself up onto the riverbank. His violet eyes were bright with anticipation, and Zadi found herself clenching her hands. Does he really think Sinbad is going to tell him anything about the Black Isle? He's supposed to be the smart one. Can't he see that we're probably being led to our deaths? Two pirates marched Zadi and Raiden inland, through a cluster of date palms and along the path set by Sinbad and his men. Zadi! Raiden whispered. She ignored him. She didn't want to deal with his misguided excitement right now. Are you angry with me? He asked. Come on, I had to say we'd go with Sinbad. It wasn't exactly a request. She grudgingly conceded that point in her head but still didn't say anything. What happened to the triumph is awful. Raiden went on. But I'm sure Sam will be able to fix it. He fell silent but she could tell he had more to say. It took all of twenty seconds for Raiden to crack. We found him. Can you believe it? 
Zadi's anger boiled over. Ah yes, your precious Sinbad. She glared at him. He's a pirate. For all you know he's taking us somewhere to be killed. Raiden flinched. We guess Sinbad's true identity. She emphasized each of the words, enjoying the look of horror that now painted her friend's face. We're a threat. Well, perhaps he can be reasoned with. Raiden babbled. Maybe he'll still tell us where the Varish warriors are or where we can find the Black Isle. Perhaps. He trailed off, his face suddenly crumpling. Oh, see, when did I become such a numbskull? What are we going to do? Zadi shook her head, suddenly feeling mean. Now her friend was just as scared as she was. You're not the numbskull, Ridden. I should have never let on I recognized him or revealed my identity. She rubbed at her eyes. He was just being so arrogant. Raiden reached for her hand. It's all right. We'll think of a way to get out of this. Less talking, more walking. A pirate said, pushing them forward. Zadi's gaze was pulled to their guard's curved dagger. There was no arguing with it. They continued to walk inland. Away from the river the air was oppressively humid and birds screamed from the treetops as if protesting at the heat. At an ancient-looking olive tree with a gnarled and twisted trunk, they turned sharply to the right and headed for the banks of the Tigris again. Looking ahead at the river, Zadi could see that the stretch of marsh had ended, and she spotted the falcon, with its distinctive multicolored sails, moored by the riverbank. Zadi had forgotten how big the falcon was. It was at least six times the size of the Triumph and had a high cabin in the back with five windows and a poop deck. The ship was manned by several crewmen dressed in simple white sailor garb, busy preparing the falcon to sail. As they got closer the ship's landing planks went down and the pirates bounded on board, throwing the bundles of loot they had seized to their friends. Nadim was hoisted onto the shoulders of a sailor with nutmeg-colored hair, and the crew began to cheer and congratulate him on a good job. Zadi's eyes met Nadim's and he smirked. Following Assam's cargo on board, Raiden and Zadi watched miserably as it was safely stowed below decks. A new guard, one who must have been left out of the raid, as he was dressed in white, came to stand by their side. He stood stiff and silent, chewing on the end of his long braid. Zadi got the distinct impression that he was just as nervous as she and Raiden were. A water buffalo was sitting on the muddy riverbank, its tail slowly swaying back and forth, its broad face peaceful. The beast didn't have a care in the world, not one single worry. Zadi sighed with envy. If a Ginny appeared right now she'd wish to swap places with the buffalo in a heartbeat. Then there would be no pain, no fear, just mud. To be continued, please don't forget to like and subscribe for more amazing adventures.